0: Please join with me in the prayer of illumination. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voices but your own, so that we may hear your word and also do it. Through Christ Jesus, amen. Today's scripture is from Matthew 18, verses 21 through 33, and then Luke 23, verses 32 through 34. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if my brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, One who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, and as he could not pay, the Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And then out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. And they went and reported to their lord all that had taken place. Then his lord summoned him and said, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, They crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing, and they cast lots to divide his clothing. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Beth. When you first become licensed to begin ministry in the United Methodist Church, you are sent to something called licensing school. doesn't matter which ordination track you are on, whether you intend to be a licensed local pastor, a deacon, an elder, or an associate member, everyone begins at the same place. I attended licensing school at Mount Union in Alliance, along with 60 of my colleagues. Licensing school, and I say this lightly, because clearly I don't understand what boot camp is all about, but I say, in my life, licensing school was like boot camp for pastors. It's an intense, short experience where they try to cram as much information as they can into the time you are together. One of the professors who taught us in licensing was a district superintendent at the time. Her name was Benita Rollins. She's an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church, and she has served faithfully for decades, and I think that's Benita. I love Benita. She's one of my favorite people. She's, she's a tiny woman, but her spirit is bigger than any person I've ever met. Benita is a firecracker. She, she says what she means, and she means what she says, and I have a feeling she's saying something to somebody in that picture, As I said, the licensing school is a fast-paced learning environment. Benita was charged with educating us on pastoral ethics. Benita was the perfect professor for pastoral ethics because she did not mince words. As Benita began to teach, she began to give us examples of pastors who fell short of the expectation for good pastoral ethics good pastoral boundaries. As we listen to the stories of our colleagues who had used poor judgment, who had fallen gravely short of the standard, Benita would caution us against judging them too harshly. She would say, don't think this can't happen to you. Don't think this can't happen to any of us. Remember, Remember, she would say that, that these people that we're talking about sat at these same tables and heard these same lectures, learn from their mistakes, but don't judge them too harshly because we are them. Those words, we are them, became sort of a mantra throughout Benita's teaching. She would constantly remind us to remember that we all fall short of God's teaching and God's standards for us. We are them, she would remind us. Don't sit too high and mighty, Christian. We are them. Don't be too quick to judge, pastor. We are them. We are all just one poor decision away from sin leading us astray. We are them. I... As I said, I love Benita, and I appreciated Benita's teaching. It's so easy to sit outside of a situation and condemn them, whoever they may be. It's so easy to grow comfortable in the judgment seat because, after all, we're not them. But as Benita reminded us over and over again, we are them. We are not perfect. We are them. We are all flawed. We are them. We are all sinners who have fallen short of the kingdom of God. We are them. As we progress on this journey through Lent, we will hear the words that Jesus spoke as he hung on the cross. Today, we read the gospel account of the crucifixion as it was recorded in Luke. We hear Jesus pray from the cross. We hear him pray for others as he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. But who is them? Who is Jesus praying for? So much has happened in the last 24 hours. Is Jesus praying for Judas who set this whole thing into motion when he sold the Savior for a bag of coins? Could Jesus be praying for his betrayer? Is is Jesus praying for Peter, his rock, who denied him not once, not twice, but three times saying, I'm I'm not with him. I I don't know him. Who is this? Jesus, is Jesus praying for his denier? Jesus was arrested, mocked, beaten, flogged, stripped, spit on, crucified. Is he praying for them, his captors, his torturers, those who hurt him, who took his clothes, those who would kill him? Father, forgive them. Jesus asked God to forgive them, but which them is he talking about? Some of them, all of them, one of them? Who is them? Forgive those who did all these things, those who turned from him, denied him, betrayed him, hurt him, abandoned him, or even worse, stood by and watched as it all happened. How can God forgive them? Why is Jesus praying for forgiveness for them? As I contemplated these scriptures and how Jesus could pray for them, I heard Benita's voice ring in my ear and stir within my spirit. Be careful, Christian. We are them. We have been betrayers and deniers. We have shackled Christ Himself, when we don't allow him to move freely within our lives, changing our hearts. We have denied that we know him. Who is this? Jesus. I'm not with him. We have denied that we know him when we allow ourselves to choose the wrong path, knowing that God leads us in another way. We have flogged others with our words, sometimes even beaten with our fists. We have scorned others in our minds and pierced them with our mouths, all the while knowing they are made in the image and likeness of God. We have claimed grace and forgiveness for ourselves and withheld it from others because surely it's not for them, not them. God could not possibly have meant them to receive grace and mercy, and all the while, we are them. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, not just them, but we prefer to identify and condemn rather than to remember that we are them. Father, forgive them. Jesus speaks mercy as he prays for forgiveness for them. He prays forgiveness over their ignorance. Forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And I read these words, and I think, how can they not know? How can they not know? How could they not know he was the Savior? He's fulfilled the prophecies. He's checked all the boxes. He's shown through his word, through his teaching, through his actions, through his miracles. He healed the sick. He walked on the water. He calmed the storm with his own voice, made the lame walk and the blind see with his touch. He healed. How could they not know? That's right there in front of them. If I were there, I would know better. If we were there, we would do better, right, Christian? Would we? Would we? I'm not sure. Because we're them. We're just like them. Humanity doesn't always do the right thing. We don't always do the right thing. We're flawed, we're broken, we're filled with sin. We make the wrong choices. We are them. And even from the cross, Christ teaches us to be like him. Christ models for us what it looks like to be like him. In Luke chapter six, in his sermon on the plain, Jesus calls us to love our enemies and pray for those who hurt us. In this moment from the cross, as Jesus prays for God the Father to forgive them, he is living out his love and mercy and prayer just as he preaches. He is practicing what he has preached. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They They think they know, but they don't know. They're acting on what they think they know, but they don't know. Christ prays for all of us in the times that we act out of our own ignorance. And I want you to pay attention to the way that Jesus prays for them. The way that Christ prays for them is also something vital for us, for those who are watching and learning, pretend just for a moment that you stood and you heard his words and you, you felt them hang in the air as he said, Father, forgive them. There are times in life that we are hurt beyond what we can handle. Hurt beyond our own capability to forgive. Things can happen in life that seem unforgivable. We don't feel we have the capacity to give. There are wounds left behind that are too painful to offer forgiveness for. Many times, there's no apology, just wounds left behind. In those instances, I want you to remember this moment of Jesus praying from the cross, Father, forgive them. You see, Jesus was God. He could have offered forgiveness from himself, through himself. He could have said, I forgive you. You don't know what you're doing. He said, Father, forgive them. Christ has the ability and the power to forgive. We saw it in scripture over and over and over again. But he didn't say, I forgive you. I offer you forgiveness. I offer you grace. Why? Why not? There's no definite theological explanation and understanding of why. But what if we just sit with that for a moment? I can offer you some of my thoughts and and some thoughts of other pastors that I've talked to about this moment in scripture. Why didn't he just forgive them? Why did he pray that God forgive them? Christ prays, for those who are harming him deeply, eventually fatally. He prays for God to forgive them. In this deepest pain, in this moment, Jesus offers a prayer for them. In the moments where life has been too abusive, where you have been deeply hurt, maybe even physically harmed, when it doesn't seem like it would ever be possible for you to offer your forgiveness, place all of that in God's hands. It might be too soon to forgive, but it is never too soon for God to take. Holy God, I can't forgive this, so I place this person in your hands. I place this situation in your hands You forgive them. I can't yet. I can't. Learn from Christ as he lives out the words of the sermon on the plain. Love your enemies and pray for those who abuse you. The most loving thing you can do for someone is to place them in God's care. To pray for God to cover them, to work within them, to forgive them. Pray for God to continue to work within you that you may find the freedom of forgiveness within yourself. And I want to be crystal clear when I say, your offering a prayer for them does not excuse anything that has happened. But sometimes it's too much for us to bear. You are not offering a prayer to excuse anything that has been done when you pray for your Enemy and pray for those who harm you. You offering your prayer places them and that situation in God's hands because it's too much for you. Just as a child reaches for help when they're trying to lift something heavy, some burdens are too heavy to carry on your own. Once you place this person and this situation in God's hands, then trust that God will hold it for you. There is power in praying for the person who did you harm. I know it sounds impossible. I know it sounds impossible. And you're saying, Pastor, but you don't know. You don't know them. I don't know them, but God knows them. And I promise God will handle it. I promise. I say this with every ounce of faith that I have. God will handle it. He will hold it. It's too big for you. I know it sounds impossible, and it is for us, but it's not impossible for the Spirit of God who will step in as we speak a prayer over our burdens and place this burden of unforgiveness in God's hands. Your prayer for another does not mean you do not continue to hold protective and clear boundaries. You can place the safekeeping and forgiveness of another in God's hand and continue to hold boundaries to keep yourself safe from harm. God expects that. Jesus healed the ear of of the soldier who came to arrest him. God does not want you harmed. Hold your boundary and let God handle it and offer a prayer. That's the most loving thing you can do. We carry so much, so much that isn't ours to carry, so much that should be left at the foot of the cross. And by our carrying it, we think we can control it. We can't control it. You holding on to it doesn't mean you can control it. And giving it away doesn't mean it's excused. It doesn't mean that, that mercy just covers it and there's no, there's no consequence. But you have to trust in the God of all things, in the God of forgiveness, in the God who would hang on the cross and say, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know. I promise he can hold it. If you attended our Ash Wednesday service, you were given a prayer pocket. These prayer pockets were lovingly made by friends of our church. Over 170 of them were made. Pastor Amy and I held both of them, all of them in in both of our hands as we prepared them for you. And we placed the name in the prayer pocket of someone within our parish. Someone that you can hold in prayer this Lent. Today, we're gonna add something to our prayer pockets. First of all, the name that you received in your prayer pocket, you may not know them. God does. Just pray for God's movement in their life, that God hold them. Today, you will receive a second card for your prayer pocket. On this card, we are reminded that we have been forgiven and we are called to forgive. There's a line on the card where you can write the name of someone you need to forgive. Again, remember that forgiveness does not mean reconciliation and relationship with this person. If it is someone who has brought you deep harm, please continue to hold your boundaries. Whoever... They are. You can offer forgiveness. And if it's too much for you to forgive, let God hold. Let God hold them. Jesus called us to love our enemies and pray for those who harm you. We are all broken. We all harm others, even when we don't intend to. The most powerful thing you can do is to pray for another. I'm going to pass out Prayer pockets to those of you who did not receive those on Wednesday. The slip of paper to write on is included inside. The person you are to pray for from our parish is already in the pocket. So let's take a moment and write the name of the person you will be praying for. The person you will be praying forgiveness over even if you can't give it yet. And it may be you may write your own name, and that's okay.